0: Monday morning I want to do a, a change in our in our or style starting today just for a while and then we'll get back to your questions but to me this is crucially important and I pray that you hang in there with me and that you do the homework which I'm going to assign each of the next few weeks please do you see I think this is one of the roots and there are many, but this is one of the roots of the disassociation with scripture and God and religion that we have. And that is this, we don't know how to read it. Now here, I'm not talking about how we decide who wrote what and which part is more human, which part is more God or what, not that. We've done a lot of that. Through the sermons at our safe harbor and through quite a few of these monday morning messages now what i what i mean is this have you ever been shown a play of shakespeare perhaps can you remember the first time you saw the words and somebody was assigned in class perhaps to read a certain section perhaps a certain character soliloquy it was boring as all get out wasn't it it really was and it stayed that way for me until i had a teacher named miss boswell who made it come alive by just reading it as if she were saying it as if she were the character and therefore even though we didn't get all the words we saw the emotion we saw the power and then she taught us how to do the same i will never forget miss boswell and thank you miss boswell for doing all you've done for us well there are also other reasons so we don't read well. One of them is, well, not everybody is wired to absolutely love sitting down with a book. I get that. And some people can't listen to audiobooks very long without their mind wandering. I get that as well. But we make it much harder on ourselves by the way we teach reading and literature in school. So instead of kids being encouraged to go find books they like and read them, and then tell us about them in a safe area where we're all going to be cheering you on. I have seen middle school boys assigned arcane Japanese stories written in a cultural viewpoint that they do not understand. And the teacher's trying to get them to pull metaphysics out of it. Middle school boys uh you might think well well they sh- there's great value in this literature there really is I, i'm i'm sure there is but not that way because i know i've actually seen that occur and then seen those young men grow up and because of those kind of classes they hate reading to them reading is boring you can never just get a story no you have to look for themes and meta themes and you have to you know dig deep now, some authors know this and understand it, and they have written amazing parodies of this type of teaching. I read, rather, a teacher read to us once in a poetry class a psychological, social, cultural deconstruction of Jack and Jill. It was hilarious in how deep and how everything meant everything else, and how this assigns. It was because after the first five minutes, we realized this isn't real. This is parody. The thing is, in our world today, it's hard to tell parody from what some people, what actually comes out of some people's mouths. Now, when I, you know, if you go to Scotland, and this happens other places as well, but I've not been everywhere, all right? In some churches, uh, I don't even know if I can say most, some churches, there are two pulpits up at the front. And one has a Bible open to the Old Testament, one has a Bible open to the New Testament, and there are lectionary readings. Now, many churches have uh, a lectionary, and uh, including you know, Catholic and Protestant. And through the year, if you go every Sunday, you will hear the entire book read. And if you happen to get First Chronicles 24 with a bunch of unpronounceable names, hard luck. Not just to you to the whole congregation. And if you happen to get to some of the um, more earthy bits of uh, Ezekiel, there will be incessant tittering in the crowd and there's nothing you can do about it. Uh, there'll be, you know, oh my, that'll be going on as well. And some of you now will read Ezekiel for the first time ever, so my, my work here is done. There is a skill to reading aloud. It's called oral interpretation. Most reading that I hear in public, most Bible reading in public, is done rote. Now, the words are pronounced well, but stripped of emotion, stripped of the character and the setting, and it becomes a, let's just use an example. Now, this is a non-dramatic part of scripture. The What's happening is rather dramatic, but not the way it is phrased. I'm gonna give you homework, and a homework is for you to read Isaiah 53. We're gonna come back to that one next Monday. All right, your homework is Isaiah 53. It's a long chapter, but you've got a long week to look at it and then read it out loud and then notice how you're reading it. All right. I don't want to freeze anybody up here. I want you to I want you to learn how to do this. It is so, so important. Now again, I'm gonna read this. It's not dramatic. This is the way it is usually read in a church. The beginning of the gospel about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. And so John came baptizing in the desert region and preaching a repentance, a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins, and they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. End of end of reading. Verses one through five. Anything wrong with that? Well, content-wise, no, no, not at all. But did you did you get it? Could you take a test on those verses now? If you're like me, no, no, not a bit. There was there was no sense of place or drama. I'm not asking you to to act out what you're doing, although that can be really awesome. There are are many people who've made their living being John or being Mark, and they read these books from beginning to end with uh, all of the personality involved there, and they're very, very good at it, Uh, and I've I've enjoyed those. So if you've seen those, great. I'm not asking you to do that because a lot of people are scared stiff to get in front of people anyway. In fact, when we ask people to make videos for us, and we do, we are asking you to read a favorite scripture, to say a prayer, just do a one to three minute, hey, welcome to worship at our safe harbor. You know, we love you and that type thing. Please do. One of my rules is once you make it, don't look at it because we are such brutal critics of ourselves. And when we get up in front of people, we think they're all judging us. And they're not, they're just, they're not. um, If you seem terrified, they begin to immediately think, oh, I'd be terrified too. You know, we're rooting for you out here. So let's ease up a little bit, take some breaths. Let's just look at this oral interpretation way of reading these verses. See if you can catch the difference. The beginning of the gospel about Jesus Christ, the son of God. It is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. A voice as one calling in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight paths for him. And so John came baptizing in a desert region and preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, the whole Judean countryside. All the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins and they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. See the difference? Bring the joy, bring the drama, or bring the pathos and the pain. You don't have to be an actor. You just have to be in it. You have to be in this study, you have to be in the word. You have to really care about what you're reading because Think of the number of people who died to get this to us and how much they fought to get these words to us. So let's treat them as the very precious diamonds that they are. And I'll do the rest of the chapter now. See if, see if this sounds interesting to you. John wore clothing made of camel's hair and a leather belt about his waist. He ate locust and wild honey. And this was his message. After me will come one more powerful than I, whose thongs or his sandals I'm not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And at that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and, and was baptized by John in the Jordan. As Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove and a voice came from heaven. You are my son whom I love, with you I am well pleased. Does that sound a bit different? Now, if you're thinking, oh, I can never do that. You're absolutely right, you couldn't, unless you practice. Unless you practice, practice, practice. Normally when we practice reading scripture, before we are asked to read scripture, what do we do? We do exactly what we did in school. We read it a few times to make sure we know how to pronounce the words and that we don't stumble and look like an idiot. That's it. Don't be that way with with scripture. You can go ahead and stumble. You can go ahead and, and miss a word and have to come back to it or mispronounce it. You can do that if you know it and you're excited about the story or you can at least bring the excitement out of the story or the pain or the loneliness, whatever is in the story, do that. And all of a sudden reading scripture, which is almost extinct in churches now, except for some, for example, uh, the Roman Catholic churches, the Eastern Orthodox churches really big on long readings of scripture. And and I've been in some of them and some they have all the same problems we did. Some of the readings, are flat just wrote just you know others are are full of emotion most are somewhere in between so this isn't a particular pro- a tribe religious tribes issue this is a human issue reading is difficult for us teachers have not always made it easier in fact sometimes they made it much harder and again it's not because they're mean people it's because they loved this literature so they think your seventh graders should love it well, I see how that can happen. And again, teachers, we love you, uh, but we all, I mean, even preachers, even uh, people, I don't consider myself a preacher, more just a teacher, but even I have to sometimes say, rain it in Patrick, you're the only one in the room excited about this. Maybe this isn't for them. Let's get them something for them. So we all have to do that that gut check from time to time. But do you see how it can make it come alive if you read it again? And again and again, and here's the secret. If you're reading something like this, I want to put you on the road from Jerusalem out to the Jordan River, and you're watching people. You're watching them come in, and you're seeing this wild, hairy guy, because he never cut his hair his whole life. That's part of the Nazarite vow thing out here, I mean, he's wild. His teeth are probably in pretty rough condition, frankly, Uh, eating honey and locusts, you know. Mm. And he is preaching and so powerful that the writer here says, everybody from Jerusalem came out, did every single human know, but we understand what that means. And you're watching them, put yourself there. What's the temperature like? What's the sun like? What What are the people on, on the faces? What do they look like? What expressions? Are they doubtful? Are they full of wonder? Are they full of fear? Maybe tears of repentance? Maybe coming to scoff and then slowly being won over and walking into the Jordan? Did you get a chill when you see that? And then the man himself, powerful. And then saying, there's another one coming. And the one who's coming, I I can't even, I can't even bend down in the dirt and touch his shoes. He is so much greater than I. And then Jesus shows up, heaven is torn open. You don't, heaven is torn open. No, when you don't ever come home and say, interesting thing on the ride home, I looked up and heaven was torn open. Say it like you're there. Would you work on that? I'm giving you an easy one because there is so much emotion in Isaiah 53. and We're going to look at it next time. You need to read the word but knowing how makes all the difference. I had people during COVID when I would read scripture over them say to me you should read audiobooks for us because we would listen to the whole thing. You know I actually thought about that at some time but I don't know how to get into it so fair enough Uh, And I'm not sure I have the the right voice for everything, if you get my drift. But read it like you're reading it for the first time to a people who've never heard the story and you really want them to get it. All right, that's enough. Fifteen minutes has passed. You've got a whole week to do stuff. So I'll see you next week with Isaiah 53. I'm already excited. See you then. Cheers.